Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, so I wasn't able to record uh, this podcast on Sunday evening, as I normally do. So, but that was okay because I wanted to rerun a podcast we did over a year ago, Defining Public Relations, which you need to listen to after this one if you've not listened to it already. We're about to take you on a grand adventure through the very interesting and vital subject of public relations. Public relations is a vital and yet uh, grossly misunderstood subject. I'm not kidding. There's a good chance you don't fully understand it unless you listen to the episode I released yesterday, Defining PR. Uh, A lot of members confuse public relations with marketing. Some members consider PR as a useless subject. Some people tell me they're not a PR person and don't give a darn about PR. And uh, consequently, they don't do that well in life, (laughs) strangely enough. It's an important subject. And uh, we're going to cover it over the next few episodes. This one is going to outline a problem. It will touch on the solution. But the following episode after this one, which I have not uh, given a title to yet, but it will then go over uh, the solutions to some of the problems I'm outlining in this one. Okay, we're not going to be able to cover it in one episode. But let's, uh, in a nutshell, let's just do a recap here. Per Mr. Hubbard, definition, public relations, a technique of communication of ideas. That's dated 13 August, 1970. That's the date of that definition. Well, if you don't think that's important, the communication of ideas, it might help to realize that the imparting and changing of ideas must precede a change in the physical universe. You see that? You want to enact a change in your environment, it must be preceded by a change in ideas first. If, for example, you are frustrated with your appearance, Your appearance is not going to change until you change something in your mind. You need a different idea. If your team is not as productive and efficient as you want, that won't change until they change, and they change when they get a different idea, don't they? If you put them all in pink t-shirts tomorrow, is that going to change anything? No. It's something that has to change between their ears, colloquially speaking, It's an idea that has to change. And if public relations is the technique of communication of ideas, then PR is a pretty important subject, wouldn't you say? Here's another definition from Mr. Hubbard, perhaps a little more expansive, dated 13 August 1970. He says, a technique of creating states of mind in different types of audiences or publics. A technique PR is a technique of creating states of mind in different types of audiences or publics. That's a types of audiences is a specialized definition for the term publics. If you say, you know, my public, you can view it as a very, very broad generality, or you can say my public are, you know, 20 to 30 year olds, or they're my public, the people that are most interested in my product or my services are women or young women or older women or you can you can divide up your public any in an infinite number of ways, but it basically means types of audience, and there are many types of audiences. Okay, just to recap this definition, a technique 
of creating states of mind in different types of audiences or publics. And then Mr. Epper goes on to say, PR can be used or abused. Now, I mentioned this in a definition in yesterday's episode, but today we're really going to dig in on this, this idea that PR can be abused. PR is abuse as opposed to its use. And to do this, we're going to introduce the subject of black propaganda. Now, uh, as we define this, this episode is also going to help you a great deal in understanding what is going on in the world today and will serve considerably in getting you out of the feeling that you are at the whim of some crazies, or maybe you think you're just going crazy yourself, because uh, you're going to understand far, far better what is going on. So the article from Mr. Hubbard is dated 21 November 1972, and it is entitled, How to Handle Black Propaganda. And uh, we're going to cover this, as I say, in a couple of episodes. We're only going to cover the first part of it today. But it starts out with a section entitled, Rumors and Whispering Campaigns. Quote, black propaganda, end quote. And then he puts in parentheses, black equals bad or derogatory, and propaganda equals pushing out statements or ideas. Is the term used to destroy reputation or public belief in persons, companies, or nations? Now, just as an aside, that's, of course, a quote from Mr. Hubbard. You will sometimes hear the word black PR, which basically means the same thing. But if you really look at what public relations is, we, uh, Mr. Hubbard gives it the word propaganda, black propaganda, more properly. Um, but it's, you're basically referring to the same thing. Okay, um, but it's really inappropriate to grace the word PR with the word black, as in bad or derogatory. So uh, he uses the term here, black propaganda. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say now, it, it referring, of course, to black propaganda, is a common tool of agencies who are seeking to destroy real or fancied enemies or seek dominance in some field. Now look at to accept this data, you have to accept the idea that people, there are people out there who um, are ill-intentioned. And if you're listening to this episode and you're kind of going, oh my goodness, no, nobody ever is like seeking to destroy. <laughs> uh, real or fancied enemies or seek dominance in some field. Yeah, well, you know, that's... To put it nicely, it would be naive, okay? And we're going to go into this in a little bit more detail in a minute. But he goes on to say this. The technique seeks to bring a reputation so low that the person, company, or nation is denied any rights whatever by, quote, general agreement, end quote. It is then possible to destroy the person, company, or nation with a minor attack if the black propaganda itself has not already accomplished this. So this black propaganda is a... Very, very old technique. It's as old as man is old. The effort to weaken or destroy another person or group through um, lies and an effort to bring their reputation so low that nobody will defend them. Uh, I mean, an incredible example, of course, almost impossible to believe example, is what happened you know, during the, the Nazi era in Germany and the incredible black propaganda that was perpetrated against the Jews. 
and which made it okay then to destroy their uh, livelihood, destroy their homes, and eventually destroy them. And that was okay. It was made okay because the reputation had been brought so low that uh, they could be destroyed. Simple as that. And you see evidence of this going on uh, in minor and major ways. You see it happening politically. You see it happening uh, commercially. You'll see different uh, businesses attacked with lies and black propaganda, essentially. So another organization can get some kind of fancied edge. This is going on all the time. And you also see it uh, as people within maybe your, even your own group try to gain advantage over each other by spreading lies or rumors about each other. Uh, again, that is an effort to bring that reputation so low that uh, they are denied their usual rights by, quote, general agreement, and it's possible then to destroy the person with a relatively minor attack. You know, suddenly somebody steps out of line and, man, you're fired. Why? Because there's been an accumulation of this black propaganda about this individual. It happens. It is not infrequent, to say the least. Okay. Uh, it could also be happening to you. It could be happening to your business. It could be happening to your reputation. Uh, it's very difficult to stand up and decide to make a difference in this world today without putting a big fat bullseye on uh, your back and probably in the middle of your forehead as well. Okay, and you know this. There's plenty of evidence of this throughout history that uh, anybody seeking to do accomplish anything positive is going to be subject to attack. And the, the usual and customary attacks are uh, generally started with black propaganda. Eventually, People could be uh, marched off to the gallows or the guillotine or to prison or, dis or they're bankrupted or whatever, and minor attacks can, can follow. But it is generally preceded by a black propaganda campaign. So Mr. Harper goes on to say this, vicious and lying gossip by old women was the earlier form of this tactic and was so bad that some areas put them in public stocks, neck yokes, or drove them out of town. In modern times, there is no such check on black propaganda. Difficulties and costs of libel and slander suits, abuse of press privilege, lay anyone open to such a campaign. All one needs is an enemy, and there are few men in history who have been without enemies. All this, of course, I'm reading from Mr. Howard. Then he goes on to say this. There are random individuals in the society who do not understand very much. Is this new news to you? He says, there are random individuals in the society who do not understand very much. This is expressed as a sort of malicious glee about things. Such pass on slanderous rumors very easily. In an illiterate society, such people abound. Since they cannot read, the bulk of knowledge is denied to them. Since they do not know very many words, much of what is said to them is not understood. You probably wonder, like, how can some of these this balderdash be so passed around, have such currency within society. You know, you go, man, that's a lie. Anybody could see that. Anybody can see through this insanity. And you look at that perplexed as an intelligent, aware individual. You look at that perplexed. This is why you're looking at a society that has quite a number of these individuals who do not understand very much. They're not particularly literate. It's more than... Uh, influencing people's careers that they graduate high school these days with a very low level of literacy, it also makes them very susceptible 
to black propaganda and lies and don't think that isn't created intentionally and with a purpose, a malicious purpose. So then Mr. Trevor goes on to say this, this is not isolated to the illiterate only. What they do not understand, they substitute for with imaginary things. Thus, such persons not only listen to slander, but also corrupt and twist even it. So it gets even worse as it gets passed around in society. It goes on to say, thus a rumor can go through a society that has no basis in truth. You'll hear some of the most outlandish things about people or groups, and you go, "How that sounds a little far-fetched. And you know what? It is. It certainly is. Uh, when numbers of such rumors exist and are persistent, one suspects a, quote, whispering campaign, end quote. This is not because people whisper these things, but because like an evil wind, it seems to have no source. Black propaganda makes use of such willingness to pass on and amplify falsehoods. So, just as an aside, these can be created accidentally, but more usually they are initiated as part of some evil whispering campaign done intentionally to uh, destroy the reputation as we went over in an earlier paragraph here. So he goes on to say, much black propaganda is, of course, more bold and appears blatantly in irresponsible or covertly controlled newspapers and radio and television. Shall I read that again? Much black propaganda is, of course, more bold. It's more bold than a whispering campaign. It's bold is more bold and appears blatantly in irresponsible or covertly controlled newspapers and radio and television. Now, we're all waking up to this, but this was written by Mr. Hubbard in 1972. How about that? Seems like you wrote it this morning. But even after a bad press story has appeared or a bad radio or TV broadcast has been given, the whispering campaign is counted upon by black propagandists to carry the slander through the society. Thus, any person, any being is at risk. No person, company or nation has totally clean hands. I don't think that's a big revelation, but maybe it is. But he says, no person, company or nation has totally clean hands. That is left to the saints. In childhood, one stole a few apples, broke a window or two, dented a fender, went joyriding in a, quote, borrowed, end quote, vehicle, or took pennies or candy bars that weren't his own. Childhood is quite lawless, and the teenage period is often a revolt against the closer and closer fitting straitjacket of, quote, proper social conduct, end quote. One marries the wrong spouse or goes astray with another in some incautious moment or commits various large and small sins of which society disapproves. Any of these things tend to make one vulnerable to attack upon his past or repute. Hey, as Mr. Hubbard says, nobody is perfect. No one has totally clean hands. So, you know, if somebody digs enough, they can probably find something to attack just about anybody, any person of goodwill. So then he goes on to say this, a person comes to fear bad things being said about him. In the face of a whispering campaign, real or imagined, one tends to withdraw, tends to become less active and reach less. Bingo. I want you to really duplicate this sentence, okay, because we're going to come back to this in next week's episode. But listen, the wrong thing to do is exactly what he's describing here. A person comes to fear bad things being said about him in the face of a whispering campaign, real or imagined, one tends to withdraw, tends to become less active, and reach less. This is equally true of companies and even nations. Thus, unless one knows how to handle such an attack, one can, in fact, be made 
quite miserable and ill. How about that? That's what we tend to do. We get attacked. We get a bunch of lies said about us and we withdraw. We grow quiet. We go, okay, well, maybe this will pass over. Maybe no one's going to notice me. Uh, bad idea. Okay. It can make you miserable. It can make you sick. Now, uh, I'm just going to go over one last thing before we wrap up today. As I said, this is too broad a subject to cover in one episode. Uh, but the next section from Mr. Hubbard is called The Attacker. And I think it's very, very important that you duplicate this. All right. So, The Attacker from Mr. Hubbard. And I quote The world is full of madmen. The basic characteristic of extreme madness is perpetual attack. Attacks on anything, attacks on persons or things which contain no menace. Extreme, not petty crime is at the root of such an impulse. So just understand this. There are going to be attacks and the attackers are mad. They are crazy and they attack good things. And they attack things that have no menace. And at the bottom of that is their own criminality. And don't think it doesn't exist. It does. No matter how sanctimonious, you know, such attackers might be at the root, and this has been proven over and over and over again, you can look through your own media, you know, in the newspapers, God help you if you can sort out the truth from the false. But uh, these vicious attackers always inevitably end up having crimes of their own. So he says, the attacker has an evil purpose in life. He is a thing of death, not life, and his harvest is a death harvest. Such a person feels he cannot be safe unless everything else is dead. And you say to yourself, that's crazy. That's right. That's what Mr. Hubbard's saying. They're crazy. His evil purpose takes many forms and expressions. The end product is the same, death. Where an attacker has gone too far, he is himself then attacked. Long, bitter quarrels and national wars are alike the to and fro exchange of violence. Where an attacker lacks the physical means of destroying others and where his own purpose would fail if disclosed, the attacks become covert. I'm going to read that again because do not expect your attacker to be broad daylight. That is unusual. It will only be in broad daylight if they are already strong. If they have, usually through covert means, gotten themselves into a position of influence or power, then their true purposes become more evident. But up to that point, it's going to be covert. So he says, where an attacker lacks the physical means of destroying others and where his own purpose would fail if disclosed, the attacks become covert. Very important to realize because otherwise you get, you go, where did that come from? Where are these attacks coming from? They're covert. They're hidden. He uses word of mouth, press media, any communication channel to spit his venom. He hides himself as a source. He makes the verbal attacks seem logical or real or proven. He counts on the utterances being picked up or distorted and passed on by the more base people in the society. This is black propaganda. It is intended to reduce a real or imagined enemy, hurt his income, and deny him friends and support. I think probably a few of you are shaking your heads right now because you're thinking about people you know that have been involved in black propaganda, large or small. Could be as small as a vicious infighting in your office, where you don't know where it's coming from. Where is all this uh, disruption coming from? It's hidden. But all you know is you're starting to get lower opinion of certain people. Maybe that's correct. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's that you're becoming susceptible to a whispering campaign.
And he goes on to say, companies or associations do this to competitors. The American Medical Association maintains its multi-billion dollar monopoly over sickness by continuing a long, well-financed black propaganda campaign against anyone it thinks might threaten their income. Uh, good luck. You're in the healthcare profession uh, trying to promote something that is uh, really going to make people well, maybe through natural means. Just realize you're going to be attacked. By the way, I don't think the realization that one is going to be attacked should dissuade one from doing what one is doing. I actually, sometimes attacks are kind of, okay, good. Give me something to fight. I don't mind. Like, uh, go ahead and attack me. Make, your, make my day, you know, as uh, Clint Eastwood used to say. So um, you don't have to dread attack, but you better know how to handle one. All right. He says, um, I'm not going to go into all that detail, but he does say, so black propaganda is not something one lightly instigates for it recoils on the person who uses it. Let us see how it recoils. Too much venom put out stains one with venom. Too much black propaganda gets attacks in return. Black propaganda is essentially a fabric of lies. The AMA, American Medical Association, simply imagines stories to put out or have put out. Sooner or later, such stories are found not to be true. One false story can destroy the credit of the teller. Now, who listens? Very important data to remember. One false story. So if the black propagandist is continually putting out their venom, Sooner or later, they will be caught. Sooner they'll be later, they'll be caught in a lie, and then no one believes them after that. Who's going to believe them after that? So that's that's a little tip-off into the next episode, but this is part of the technology of how you handle these cats, right? I don't want to call them cats. Cats are cool. These, I don't, wanna, don't know what I want to call them. But anyway, we'll leave that alone. So he says, um, thus a black propaganda campaign is vulnerable. The attacker sooner or later is attacked, often by many. But those who have to counter such a campaign need the technology of how it is handled. Okay, so that's a cliffhanger because uh, I gave you a little bit, Mr. Hubbard here gives you a little bit of a, an idea of how you would handle, but the technology of how to handle black propaganda uh, is going to be covered in next week's episode. But I think first, if one is aware, A, that there are attackers in the world, that the world is full of madmen, if you go along thinking everybody's uh, basically good, you know, well, people are basically good. That is a truism. But boy, some of them are dramatizing some pretty evil stuff. And it's chronic. And they are mad. They are crazy. They've gone mad. For what? Well, part of it at least would be their own crimes. All right? So you've got people out there like that. Just face it and confront it. And don't be even particularly perturbed or alarmed about it. Because if the only other option would be to do nothing positive in the world. Just hope to be overlooked by the madmen. And that's just not going to happen if you're trying to create some kind of a positive impact uh, in, uh, in your uh, life lifetime. All right. The other thing is that black propaganda exists and it is a major weapon used by the attacker, used by madmen to weaken uh, you or others who are people of goodwill and uh, make them vulnerable to an attack. All right. So those are the main things I wanted to cover with you this week. And then next week, I will dream up a title and we will release another episode, which will give you the technology of how to handle attacks. 
particularly black propaganda. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you haven't listened to the bonus episode that preceded this one that I released yesterday, which was actually a rerun, which defines public relations and goes into it in more detail, please listen to it after you listen to this one. And then you may want to listen to this one again. It's very important. This is a very important subject. I hope you're beginning to get that. And um, we will continue next week. In the meanwhile, uh, leave us your comments, your likes, uh, write us back at info at yz2s.org and let us know how you're getting along with these and uh, your wins. We certainly enjoy reading them. All right, until next week, uh, I'll talk to you later.